financial literacy, and the human condition. Welcome to Financial Fitness with the Money Doctor, Dr. Francis Rayum. Good morning, I'm Jess Tyler, and welcome to Financial Fitness with the Money Doctor, Dr. Francis Rayum. Good morning. Good morning, Jess. How are you? I'm doing good. Pretty good week. How about yourself? Good. What's on your mind this morning? Uh, lots of questions. Been getting lots of questions from listeners who have been hearing the show on Saturday mornings. And then, of course, I play it sometimes during the Valley this morning um, because there's stuff that applies to a lot of people, especially this week with the payday loans. We stopped a few people from getting a payday loan after playing that. So I feel like our, my work is done. Boy, I'll tell you, if we saved anybody from a payday loan, I'm happy. So, yeah, I think, I mean, payday loans for all the reasons that we said, I'm glad if we save somebody from it, that's terrific. Questions today? I do. I've got a lot of questions, and some of this stuff is uh, topics that we've covered on previous shows. So I do want to remind people that we have the podcast up at whmp.com too, so you can go back and listen to some of these shows. This one was from Jim in East Hampton. He said, <laughs> you're, you're going to love this one, and I know we covered this. I have not filed taxes for the past three years, and I no longer have the W-2s. Help, where do I even start? Uh. <laughs> Hi, Jim. <laughs> I like I like the help part of the question. Help. Yeah, help. Where do I start? So the answer is very simple. Call an accountant. They'll help walk you through how to do this. So it doesn't have to be anybody super expensive. Almost every accountant that I know of will do a, a free consultation. And the first thing I would say is don't be fearful of it. Uh, the fact that you're facing it now is fine. Nothing awful is going to happen to you that hasn't already happened. You've already lost all your sleep at night, and you're, you're already worried about this, and you've already not gotten loans because you didn't file your taxes, and all of that stuff has already happened. Mm -hmm. So you're about to cross the threshold into, yes, you might owe some money, but into not feeling that way anymore. Okay, I'm back in this system that I couldn't afford to stay in or I didn't stay in for whatever reason. And, you know, anytime I've helped people with this, as soon as they get that off their plate, they always, always say that was not anywhere near as hard as I imagined it to be. I'm sure he's thinking, if I don't have my W-2s, how do I go get my W-2s? Yeah, where does well, he go to do that? Does he call, like, his old employers, or what? Do they keep copies of that? Or are they required to keep copies of that? Well, guess who's got his W-2s? I'm, I'm assuming the IRS. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, those companies all filed tax returns and included their payroll. So it's not that hard. The stuff is out there. The hard part is that he hasn't done his part of it yet. But I do want to remind him, and anybody out there who hasn't filed taxes, and they haven't done it because they're afraid of what they will owe, that if you end up in that position, first of all, file the tax returns. you got to do it. I recently had a client whose wife passed away, and she he thought she was doing the taxes every year. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just they didn't seem to notice. I don't know if he really knew, but he seemed to think she was filing taxes every year. And for the last 10 or 12 years, I forget which it oh. was, she had not filed tax returns, and she died oh, no. without those tax returns being filed. And now we have attorneys doing that work. Right. So you want to avoid that. But what I want to, to say is if he's filing and he owes money mm -hmm. and he's worried about that, remember that there's something called an offer in compromise, OIC. Okay. And you might want an attorney to help you through this, but the IRS will also give you some info about it. And essentially what it does is it says, look, hey, Jim, the IRS says, I know you got yourself in some hot water here. You owe too much money, but we want you back. <laughs> you know, right. they want you back in our system. 
And so if you file an offer and compromise, we'll take a look at your living expenses, um, you know, what you actually owe in taxes, what your future prospects are for income, and we'll find an affordable way for you to redeem yourself, sort of. So sometimes I see people, they owe $100,000 in taxes, and the, and the IRS says, you can only afford to pay 15000 and here's how you're going to pay it. Or sometimes zero. I mean, sometimes people just cannot afford to pay, and that's how they've gotten in this position. So he should get an accountant, see if he can pull his returns together. I, I tell you, it's not that hard for an accountant to manage to do this and cross that hurdle. And if he owes money, you know, he can set up a regular payment program, you know, five years for the IRS, usually two years for the Commonwealth, or he can do something like an offer and compromise, or he can just pay it. I mean, if he's able to pay it now, which sometimes people say, gee, I didn't file because I didn't have the money, but now I do. Mm -hmm. I want to get this done. Okay. Um, My next question is from Lisa in Goshen. She says, my husband or soon-to-be ex-husband is trying to buy me out of our house. Should I take a one-time payment or should I wait for the sale of the house in case it's for more money? Ooh. I don't know if that's a legal question or not. Well, I'm not going to answer it legally, even if it is. <laughs> because what's my disclaimer? I'm not an attorney, right? I'm not an accountant either. All right. But that gives me a lot of freedom to say things that I could not say if I were a, an accountant or an attorney. Perfect. And in, in Lisa's case, what I would say is, gee, I don't know. Have you got a crystal ball? Mm-hmm. Uh, not to be flipped, but who knows? Now, the question would be, there would be a lot of questions, but one would be, how saleable is this house? Because in this market, if the house is going to be sold, you know, you can do it pretty quickly right. if it's a saleable house. If it's a house that has a lot of issues, let's say, mm-hmm. a lot of issues, and you think, boy, it may not sell quickly, then especially, you know, sometimes people hear, oh, they're getting divorced. And so they think they can get a low price for the house, you know, and so it doesn't damage the house's value, but it sometimes will damage your prospects a bit. And also her own position, you know. So if the house is a difficult one to sell or there's some problem she's worried about in the future, like, gee, are we at the top of the market and is the market going to go down? She might want to say, hey, a bird in the hand, Right. right? If it's a reasonable offer. Now, I'm going to give her a way to find out, of course. Okay. (laughs) So... Also, her own side of the coin comes to play. Would the money now allow her to move forward in a much different way than it might later on? And how far later on is this? There's a lot of unknown when you're going into a divorce. Everybody starts out, well, not everybody, but a lot of people start out very amicably. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's all going to be good. We want to be nice to each other. Yeah, and then you get somebody else whispering in their ear. They get a lawyer, and pretty soon, you know, you're at loggerheads. So sometimes the bird in the hand is the best way for both of you. But how do you know if it's a fair price? How do you know if, it, if this one-time offer is a good deal or if you should wait to see if the house sells? So one thing you could do is you could pay for an appraisal. This is not your tax assessment, although that's a, a nice number to look at. It's not really always what your house is worth in the market. Yeah, we've talked about that before where the assessment and the appraisal are two different prices. That's right. Okay. Right. So you can pay a few hundred dollars. You and your soon-to-be ex could agree to split it, or you could pay it out of pocket. It's probably going to cost you around $400 Mm -hmm. to get an appraisal. Now, right now, people are super busy, so you got to get on this because it won't happen tomorrow probably. But you might want to call your local bank and ask for their list of appraisers or ask around to see who you think a, a qualified licensed appraiser is and have them give you 
an appraisal of current market value on the house. And it doesn't mean that the house is going to sell for that, Mm -hmm. but it's the appraiser's opinion that that's what the house is worth. So when people come to look at it and go to the bank to get a loan, that's a number. That kind of number is what the bank is going to use, an appraisal number. So get the appraisal, and then from that decide, is it a fair deal for me to take pay out now. And would you take the appraisal amount minus what you still owe on the mortgage and then split that in half and see, and that would be the amount or? If, if they're trying to split things in half, yes. Okay. Yes. That's what is owed on it. Now, they, they may not be trying to split things in half. They may say one person put more money into the house than another. Or, but whatever they're trying to come up with as a number to split mm-hmm. should absolutely have the debt on the house removed from it. Okay, so the so the good first step though would be to pay that money. It's worth it to get the appraisal on it to kind of get an idea if what the offer is is somewhat fair. I, I think so, but you also have to do a little gut check here and say, okay, I'm making this decision now. If the house sells for more money, am I going to be upset? Mm-hmm. Because you are gaining something on one hand by taking the known factor now. What if the market goes down? Right. So both partners are taking some risk here in in their decisions. Mm-hmm. That's worth thinking about. All right. Jennifer from Northampton says um, her company is no longer matching the 401k. They've stopped doing that. Should she stop contributing to the 401k and go somewhere else? Or should she keep contributing to her company's 401k with no longer matching amount from the employer? (laughs) She should thank her lucky stars that the company did match for a while. (laughs) Because... A lot of companies don't match at all, Okay. even from the beginning. They just say, here's your 401k. If you'd like to contribute, feel good about it. So I would say that if she can afford to continue to contribute to her 401k, she should continue to do so. The fact that they're not matching means she's not getting any free money, mm-hmm. but she's still getting pre-tax dollars going in the, into her retirement account. However, there's a caveat here, I think. A lot of times when companies are matching, your account is growing at such a rate because they're putting in the same amount of money or several percentage points that you don't feel the losses so quickly. You look at it and say, wow, look at all this money I'm making because Mm -hmm. they're just dumping money in for you, Right. right? And even if you're losing some in your investments, it's being made up a lot of times by the fact that the company is bolstering your earnings by pushing money in there on every paycheck and matching it. So... When you are in a 401k where your company is not matching it, I think it's always important to, to watch your 401k. And I know people don't. They don't like to. They don't want to. I know. I know. Mm-hmm. But it is even more important when you do not have a company match because you're all on your own here. Whatever you're invested in, whatever money you're putting in, it's going up and down with no help from your company match now. So, yes, I think she should still contribute if it's affordable. She could also look elsewhere for other investments outside of the 401k if she wants to diversify a bit. Okay, but a lot of companies are doing that. So it's not like she's, you know, just her company is the only one not doing it. No, and and I hope that she doesn't hold it against her company because honestly, I know that was kind of uh, sarcastic that, you know, she should thank her lucky stars. But honestly, the companies do not have to match. And the history behind the 401k is that it was supposed to supplement pensions, Mm -hmm. right? But we all knew it. When 401ks came out, we thought, well, they're going to kiss, kiss the pension goodbye yeah. because the company doesn't have to pay you a pension anymore. They can just give you a 401k plan and let you contribute. And to soften the blow, they matched. But now a lot of companies aren't even matching. Yeah, I feel like a lot of companies put a pause on it when COVID happened, and then it just didn't come back. You know, <laughs> we, we could blame COVID for a lot of things here. <laughs> yeah, um, but it's 
but it's true. It's like gas prices. They go up, you know, they come down. So now everybody's saying, oh, they're down from $5. Yeah, but have you noticed they're still up a buck from where they were, you know? Yeah. They, it's a, a ratcheting effect on these things. And, and things get locked in in a certain time. And I think you're right. Once companies stopped matching and they realized they could stop matching, I think prices have gone up. The chances that they are going to start matching again, I think, are limited. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Well, I've got more questions coming up for you in part two of Financial Fitness. But first, your phone number. 413-773-3333. And everyone can reach you also at HugYourMoney.com. More questions with the money doctor, Dr. Francis Ram, coming up next on Financial Fitness right here on WHMP. 